Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we honor you this morning. We just magnify you because in you we move, in you we have our being. We thank you and we submit to your word this morning. Lord, I get out of the way. Lord, none of me but all of you. Let your name and your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank everybody for coming. I'm from Minnesota, but this is cold. Um, I'm from, Minis- uh, from uh, Minnesota by the way of Nigeria. So you f- figure out that math. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, uh, always uh, a blessing and an honor to share the word of God. Uh, so I am super excited this morning. And I'm also blessed to see all of your faces. And I trust the Holy Spirit will speak something to your heart this morning. Talking about GPS, uh, it's, it's, it's one thing that directs you and gets you to your destination. And like Pastor said, the number one GPS is the Holy Spirit. He made the plan. He knows every detail of your life. So trust him. So this morning, I'm going to be speaking on a subject that's near and dear to my heart, uh, faith. But when you look at faith, there are many aspects to it, like the Rubik's Cube. I love to play the Rubik's Cube. I actually have one in my office. I always you know, play it. I've been solving one now for about a year or so. <laughs> so maybe you can help me. <laughs> so maybe I'm not so good at it. Or maybe I just want to, to last as long as possible. But there are many sides to faith. Amen? So on Tuesday, the Lord led me to speak on uh, we have been redeemed by the curse of the law. And I want to encourage everyone that's not seen that message, please go and see it. Not because I preached it, but because it's the word of God, it's truth. The Bible says the truth shall set you free. Amen? Open your Bible with me to Numbers 13. This message is going to expand your faith, expand your heart, and take you to a place that God wants us to go. Numbers 13, beginning from verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So Moses sent them to the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of the men who were heads of the children of Israel. Now jump down to verse 16. Because in all those other verses were talking about the people that were picked. Verse 16. These are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Oshia, the son of Nun, Joshua. Verse 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Whether the land is rich or poor. Whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. 
Now the time was the season of the first grapes, 21. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Amat. And they went up through the south and came to Ebron, Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai. The descendants of Anak were there. Now Ebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. 23. Then they came to the valley of Eshkol, and there they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. Now that's some big grapes. <laughs> and they brought some of the pomegranates and figs. That word always trips me. 24. The place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down. Verse 25. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Somebody say 40 days. 40 days. And they departed and came back to Moses and to Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. This is their report. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. Two of us have to carry the grapes in on a pole. Now they took a GPS turn for wrong, uh, the wrong way. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities, they are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And you know, the descendants of Anak are giants, the race of giants. Verse 29, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Etites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell by the mountains or in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. God is looking for men and women in his body that will have the Caleb and Joshua spirit. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies, a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Let me pause for a second. The land devours its inhabitants. That's not true. Because if it is true, there shouldn't be anybody there. I mean, just naturally thinking, just using our nugging. If the land devours its inhabitants, there shouldn't be anybody there. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak that came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. Now, before we go to chapter 14, because we have to read that too, I want to show you something that the Lord showed me uh, yesterday or two days ago. I was meditating on this. So as I got in my office to, you know, study, to study some more, to prepare for this, I said, Lord, I know you're giving me some things to share on Sunday. Lord, I'm just going to pretend like I don't know anything. Just open my eyes to see beyond what you've shown me already. That's the secret of uh, getting revelation from God approaching him like a child. 
And so I read verse 1 and I read verse 2. And the Lord said, pause. He said, why do you think I told them to go and spy out the land? Because I don't know what's in the land. Because I don't know there are giants in the land. Because I don't know how good the land is. No. I send them to spy out the land so that they can see what I'm about to take them into. So that they can see what I'm about to put them into. And the Lord said that spying out the land is analogous to the word of God. The word of God gives you a picture of what God has prepared for you. Now it's up to you to go and possess it. Amen? Glory to God. I have to slow down. <laughs> you know, the title of the message today, if you are looking for a title, is Faith Possesses What God Has Provided. Faith Takes What God Has Provided. Faith receives what God has provided. It's not waiting. He goes and takes it. And we are going to see it as we go through the word of God together this morning. Chapter number 14. So all the congregation lifted up their voice and they cried. And the people wept that night. So imagine a whole nation in their tents. Moms and dads and their children crying. Now I want to pause for a second and ask you, what has happened? Nothing has happened yet. There was no harm in marching against them yet. There was no arrow pointing at them yet. There was no sword pointing at them. But because of the potential, based on the evil report that these 10 spies brought, the whole nation went into panic. The whole nation went into fear. The whole nation went into a tailspin. So you have to be careful who is speaking into your heart. You have to be careful what you are hearing. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. If you are not going to be speaking life into me, I'm going to separate from you. I am of the Caleb and Joshua company. I have to mind what I hear, what I, what, who is speaking into my life. Amen? All the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. I want you to be a fly on the wall in the camp of Israel that night. Everybody crying in one octave and low octave and mid octave. Everybody, men and women crying. Remember, these are God's people. These are God's people. It's analogous to the body of Christ today. They've seen miracles before. They've seen God demonstrate himself with tangible signs. Now they are facing this one minor obstacle. And then they go into a tailspin. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, and the children of Israel complained against their leader, Moses and Aaron. And the old congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in the wilderness. That's a lie. Because for 430 years they were crying, Deliver us! Lord, deliver us! And when the time came, not that God did not hear them, because God had told Abraham, your children will be sojourners or foreigners in a foreign land for 400 years, and then I will bring them out with a strong hand. The reason that God did not answer them until 430 was not because God was deaf, because God is not deaf. It was because of the timing of God. There are some things that have not happened in your life because of the timing of God. So stand your ground. Stand your ground in faith. So God, the children of Israel complained and said, we want to go back to Egypt. I wish we had died in Egypt or in the wilderness. That's a lie. 
So as a believer, you have to keep feeding your faith constantly. You have to keep feeding your faith. If you want to have strong faith, you have to have a steady diet of faith. Come on now. You have to have a steady diet of faith. Verse 3. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and our children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? <laughs> so they said to one another, let us select a leader to return to Egypt. Look at where these guys were. Now, I don't want you to judge them because many in the body of Christ are exactly there. Amen. So before you point the finger, look in the mirror. Hallelujah. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Now, God hasn't said a word. We are coming to that. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among these people who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. You know why they did that? God, let the record show we are not with them. Lord, God of heaven, let the record show we are not with them. You know, you can, be, you, you can fly solo when you are walking in faith. It's okay. Let the record show I am not with them. They are saying that we want to go back. They are saying that you are not able. You know, faith is a declaration of your confidence in the ability of God. And when you say God is not able, you are saying your God is weak, your God is puny. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land will pass. This is their own report. Remember, they sent 12 spies to go and spy out the land. The 10 had given their own report. Now they are giving their own report. The land we passed through to spy out the land is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to, to us. A land which flows with me and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Nor fear the people of the land. For they are our breakfast. They are bread. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Now they said that. You think the church or the, the family of God, the Israelites, will be happy. At least there is a, a, a different report. A report of faith. Look at what they did. And the congregation said to stone them with stones. Those guys are crazy. We are going back to Egypt. We are going back to the land of bondage. We are going back to the place that God just delivered us from. We are going back there. Because of this obstacle. And the Lord said, now God is speaking. Verse 11. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? You think that walking by faith is just so that you can get your healing or so that you can get your breakthrough or so that you can get whatever the promises of God says? God took it personally. He said, how long will these people reject me? Notice what we read so far. God sent them to go and spy out the land. And then they came back with the report. The land is really good. It's really flowing with milk and honey. But Moses and Aaron, we can't take the land. Forget it. And I want to 
Mind your what God said in verse 2. Go, Moses, gather the, the, the leaders of the 12 tribes and send one from each tribe to go and spy out the land. A land that I, the Lord, am giving you. You know, I found out that God lives in an eternal now. So when you look at tenses, when it comes to God, because he said, I am giving, it looks like something that's going to happen in the future. But as far as God is concerned, it's done. He said, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. But then these guys came back and said, we are not able to possess it. I said earlier, faith must take what God has given. Faith must possess what God has given. It's not going to fall on you like ripe cherry falling from the tree. You have to take it by faith. For the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent will take it by force. You receive it by faith. We can't take it. There's giant in the land. God knew that before they went to spy out the land. God knew the Jebusites were there, the Hittites, the Amorites, all the ites were there. <laughs> Glory to God. I want to tell you that there's always somebody or something occupying the, this throne that God has for you. You have to have the boldness of Joshua, the crazy fate of Caleb to say, yes, I'm going to take it. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. I'm going to go possess that which God has ordained for me. Only those who have that kind of faith will get the promise that God has for them. Now, look at what God is saying in verse 11. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and said, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them, they are not newbies. They have seen me. In action, they have seen my power. And verse 12, I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. This is not a joke. God is not playing around. This is not, you know, we think faith is just something that, you know, you know, Mike is a man of faith. Good for him. He's going for it. Good for him. Uh, but me, uh, no, I'll live in unbelief. No, God doesn't see it that way. He said, how long will these people, my people, reject me? Because every time you say God is not able, you are, you are impugning his character. You are impugning his ability. You are saying, God, you are not strong enough. You are not mighty enough. You are all talk. Think about that. Just think about that. You are all talk, God. You can't heal. You're just saying it. You can't deliver. You're just saying it. That's what you are saying. Every time you don't believe God. And I prayed to God. I said, Lord, let me deliver this word with love, with love, with the love, with the love of God flowing through me. Because it's a word that is cutting. Yes. Amen. I hope you still love me. Praise the Lord. He said, I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. Do you think God can do that? Yes. Absolutely. He will wipe them out in a second. And in a second, a nation will be raised, raised up right there. And, and this man, this Moses, went into intercession. Oh, God is raising intercessors throughout America, throughout the world. Men and women that will stand in the gap. That knows how to hold down the wall. Look at what Moses said. And Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it. Now he's, persuade, he's speaking to the righteous God. <laughs> the God who is almighty. 
Look at him. He begins to present his case. For by your might, you have brought these people out from among them. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. That what they have heard that you, Lord, are among these people. That you, Lord, are seen face to face. And your cloud stands among, above them. And you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill these people as one man, then the nations which had heard your name will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring the people to the land which he swore to give them, therefore he killed them in the wilderness. In other words, God, if you kill them, which you are in, within your right to do, you know what people are going to say? They will say, yeah, God was all talk. You are all talk. The reason you couldn't bring them in is because you are not strong enough. That's what Moses did. He said, the reason you couldn't bring them in is because you are not big enough. You are all talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Verse 17. Now I pray, let the power of my Lord be great. Just as you have spoken, saying, the Lord is long-suffering, abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he shall by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers to the children, to the third and the fourth generation. Verse 19. Pardon the iniquity of these people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven these people from Egypt even until now. Now God is going to respond. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. I heard you, Moses. Good. Your intercession, it worked. But truly... As I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Now, God is going to address the men. So, I want you to know your words, your words in the secret chamber of your room, your words when nobody is there, your words when you are looking in the mirror, your words when you are driving down, your words when your husband and wife, you are talking, your words when doctors are conversing with you, your words, your words, your words, the Father hears. And so does the devil. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to, this, to test these ten times and have not heeded my voice, then certainly they shall not see the land which I swore to their father, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. You know, rejection is a very big word. It's a very huge word. It's a very strong emotional uh, state that people have. You know, your wife has rejected you. Your, your children has rejected you. Your parents has rejected you. God is saying, because you don't believe me, you have rejected me. Have we equated faith to that? We think faith is just, you know, you know, I just do it, and then I get my miracle. But if I don't do it, that's okay, you know. But this is what God sees. This is God's perspective. They have rejected me. Now, verse 24. But my servant Caleb, and I could add Joshua, because he has a different spirit in him, and has fully followed me, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley. Tomorrow turn and move into the wilderness by the way. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to end there. <laughs> Glory to God. Because of time. Because I still have some material that I want to go to. I want you to see.
times. The just shall live by her faith. Faith is not an option. And I want to show us, as we go through the word this morning, that you already have faith. Because the Bible says he has dealt unto you the measure of faith. You can think of faith as a muscle. For those that work out, if you work your muscle over time, they get bigger, they get stronger, they get stronger, they get stronger. And you can lift things that you couldn't lift many, many months ago. But if you don't do anything with your muscle, they say it atrophies. It loses every strength. It loses, it can't do anything. It just atrophies. It just, you know, you see people that are uh, maybe sick, and because of that, they are in a particular position for a very long period of time. So when they come out of it, they have to train that body part again. They have to rehabilitate that body part to get it back to some level of functionality before you can start moving again and walking again. You've seen people that you know, have you know, accidents or some type of you know, trauma, and then they, they have to go through therapy to get that place retrained. Faith is like that. The moment you got born again, God imparted the measure of faith. My brother has the same measure as I do. Pastor had the same measure as I do. The difference over time is you begin to work it. You begin to work it. Every situation that comes across your path, you begin to exercise your faith because you are supposed to live that way anyway. You are supposed to live that way. How many, time, how, how many hours do you live in a day? Are you sure it's 24? Yeah. Maybe 22? <laughs> because if you live only 22, that means you're dead. The just shall live by faith. It's not an option. That's what I want us to see this morning. It's not something that is for the super spiritual. Amen? It's not something that are for the big evangelists. It's not something that are for the people that have a thousand, a million people in their crusade. No. The just shall live by his faith. And if anyone draws back, Hebrews 10.38, my soul has no... the reaction remember in the entire story that we read there was no fighting going on yet the avengers have not assembled yet glory to god the the, the, the enemy has they didn't even know they were there because they went to spy out the land nothing has happened yet nothing has happened yet god said i am giving you the land god said I am the Lord that healeth you. You said, there, there, there's no way I can get out of this sickness. Be careful. God is listening. God is listening. God expects words of faith coming out of his children. It delights his heart. Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he exists and that he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. So faith is not just for the super spiritual. It's something that God expects you and I to live by every single day. Every single day. In Mark 11, 23 and 24. Mark 11, 23 and 24. This is a very popular chapter of verses relative to faith. 
Jesus said, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, that mountain could be sickness, that mountain could be lack, that mountain could be anything, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Verse 23 is just talking about faith declaration. Verse 24 is talking about your words in prayer. So the words that you use when nobody is there, I don't think I'll ever get out of debt. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think you are weak, you are defeated, it will come out of your mouth. And guess what? It's a cycle. Every time you say it, you hear it. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you trust your words more than anybody's word. The words coming out of your mouth has more credibility than the words coming out of my mouth. Or it should, anyway. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It should. You trust your own words more than the words coming out of my mouth. So when you say it, you hear it. It drops into your hair gate and it drops into your spirit, man. And it affects you. Remember what happened to the children of Israel? After they heard the report of the ten, uh, the ten spies, they went into a tailspin. We can't do this. We are, we, are, we, are, we are like grasshoppers. Did the giant say that? Nobody said that. They said that. They said we are grasshoppers in their sight, just as we are in our own sight. Nobody said that. They said that. And because of that, God said, let's, let's finish. Let's go back to Mark um, numbers 14. I want, to sh I want to show us what God said so that you can see the power of your words. Next time you're about to speak, you're going to put a break there. Like, mm, do I want that? Um, no, I don't want that. I don't think I want that. Because everything you say, you're going to get. Numbers 14. Let's go to verse 26 because of time. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Now, you guys have been with me for the last half hour. Where did they exactly complain against God? No, they didn't complain against God. They were just reacting to giving their report and giving it to their leader that sent them to go and spy out the land. They were just talking. Like people say, I was just talking, I was just joking. I was just kidding. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Say to them, as I live, verse 28, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so will I do to you. You say you can't do it, fine. I stamp it. You say you can do it, fine. I stamp it. You say you are able, fine. I stamp it. You say you are not able, fine. I stamp it. You say you are broke. Now, if somebody says I'm broke, it may be a fact that there's no money in the bank. But the Bible says, 
let the weak say, I am strong. It sounds like you are lying, but you are actually doing what the word says. Glory to God. It sounds like you are, you are, you are, you are phony, but no, I'm not a phony. I'm acting like my papa. You can do what you want to do, but as far as Bishop is concerned, I'm going to act like God says I should act. I'm going to call those things that be not as though they exist. I'm going to say that I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when I go out, blessed when I come in. You are looking at a blessed man. Glory to God. Don't be jealous. You are looking at a blessed man. <laughs> Open your mouth and declare what God says concerning you. <laughs> I'm just telling facts. God says, as you have said in my hearing, so will I do to you. Now, brothers and sisters, what have you been saying? You have to go and repent and say, Lord, I put it under the blood. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. As you have said in my hearing, so will I do. The body or the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who are numbered according to the entire number from 20 years old and above. If you are 19 and below, you get a pass. But you are 20 and above, you are in the company. Except, now look at God in verse 30. God selected and excluded Caleb and Joshua. Except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. You shall by no means enter the land which I saw, which I, that I will make you to dwell in. Now, I want to ask you again. Has there been any war yet? Have anybody taken any weapon of war to go and fight yet? Have they made any plans to go and invade the land yet? Nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. All that happened was these guys came and gave their evil report. We're going to get that in a minute. Caleb and Joshua came and gave a God report. I believe that I'm healed in the, from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Even though there may be physical thing going on in my body, I agree with God. That's faith. Faith is speaking like God speaks. Faith is speaking what the word of God says concerning you. Amen? Amen? When you are talking with yourself, with your spouse, when you are talking with other believers, when you are talking with non-believers, you maintain the same confession. Because God is hearing. So is the devil. Let's keep going. But your little ones, remember they were worried. I don't want my kids to be killed. I don't want my wife to be killed. Now look at what God says. But your little ones, whom you say will be victims, I will bring them in. You are worried about your little ones, but I will bring them in. And they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your body, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. And your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness. In other words, I'm going to punish you. If you know the story, for the 40 days they went to spy out the land, they were in the wilderness for a year, every day, 40 years. Now, something that the Lord highlighted to me as well, if you are in the midst of an evil company, their unbelief will affect you. Caleb and Joshua, according to the testimony from the mouth of the master himself, the God of the universe, said they had faith. But because of the unbelief of these guys, they were delayed for 40 years. They couldn't get into Canaan 
the promised land for 40 years because of the punish, because these guys were going through punishment. God said, I can't just bring the two of you in. Y'all wait, hold on to your faith. But these guys, I'm punishing them. So I, I, I mind my company. You better mind your company. Because their faith or unbelief will affect you. Hallelujah. Verse 35. I, the Lord, have spoken this, and I will surely do so to all the evil congregation who are gathered together against me. Come on, God. Did they rob you of your tithe? No. What did they do? They sided against God. God took it personally. I know it's a very somber, reflective message. You got to watch your mouth. Help me tell your neighbor, watch your mouth. It's not just for eating. It's a faith weapon. What are you saying? What are you saying over your children? What are you saying over yourself? What are you saying about your today? What are you saying about your health? What are you saying about your tomorrow? God is hearing. As you have said in my hearing, so will I do. Exactly what you said, so will I do. That's why the Bible advised us to speak the word of God. Speak the word of God only over your life. Hallelujah. I will never be broke another day in my life. That's my confession. I believe all my needs are met. I don't care what's in the bank. I believe all my needs are met. Because the Bible says, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Don't just take what I'm saying. Study it for yourself. Find scripture. That's why you have to be a student of the word. Find scripture. Whatever you are believing God for, before you pray, before you yakabaya, before you do that, I'm not knocking the word of God or the Holy Ghost. Before you pray, spend time to find the word of God over that. Because that's the foundation, the anchor for faith. Because when the winds and the waves start coming, you are standing. Because you know the word promised you that. You are standing. You are not moved. So you, you see a contrast between the Caleb and Joshua company and the entire congregation. Now, in the midst of it, when these two reports came, the 10 spies brought their report. Caleb and Joshua brought their report. The congregation had a choice which one to believe. You know, the Bible says, whose report will you believe? Are you going to believe the reports that God is weak, powerless, is old, sitting on a gray chair, he's just, he, he's lost it. He used to be strong, but not anymore. Or are you to, going to believe reports of what God says? He's mighty, he's strong, he's powerful, he's able to deliver. Even when it looks impossible, Amen. those are the kinds that God loves the most. Because it's very clear to everyone, even the unbeliever, that this is the finger of God. There's no way you could have gotten out of that without God. It wasn't because of the doctor. It wasn't because of the medicine or the therapy. It wasn't because of the bank. It's the finger of God. Amen. Those are the kinds God loves. And God loves it when his people just unabashedly, no reservation, no holds back, just believe him. Flat out believe him. Just flat out believe him. Even when it doesn't make sense. 
Even when you can't trace him. Even when you can't see a scent of gold. You're just hanging there. Say, brother, what, what are you doing? How, how can you still be standing? Because the Bible says so. Because the Bible says so. Because the Bible says so. It's not even enough for you to say, I believe God because I don't have any other choice. You know, sometimes you get to the end of the rope and the doctor said there's nothing they can do anymore. And then they, you've gone to all the big names, Mayo Clinic, you know, Duke and all the big names and they said nothing. So now, because I have no other choice, I have to go with God. That's not good enough. That's not the foundation for faith. The foundation for faith is the word of God. Because after a few days, you are going to start wavering. You're going to start wavering. You're going to lose it. What keeps you standing is the indestructible, never failing word of the living God. You hold on to that. You hold on to that. And I promise you, God's word never fails. Never fails. Never fails. And it's not going to fail in your own. You know, God has a uh, perfect batting average. He's not going to mess up his record on your own account. Glory to God. That should make you very excited because the word of God never fails. Notice the contrast between these two groups. The Caleb and Joshua company. The ten spies company and the congregation. Which one are you going to be a part of? When you look at the root word for receive in Mark eleven twenty three and 24 that we read, I think I've taught on this. The root word, the Greek word there is lombano. And it means to receive, to take, to possess. Let's, let's take a, a mental dive for a minute. Everyone on earth right in this second has the capability to be a child of God. Am I, am I, am I, am I speaking truth? Amen. What are we basing that on? Because Jesus died 2,000 years ago for the old world. The reason they are not saved right now is because they haven't received him yet. For John 1.12 tells me, as many as received him, to them he gave power, right to become sons of God. Even though salvation is available, but you individually have to go and take it. you as God will go to work and create a new heart in you and then you become born again. Then the power of God will go to work and create whatever that miracle that you are believing God for. So faith must possess what God has given. You don't wait. Oh, you know, there's we need to define, when we talk about waiting, waiting on the Lord and worship and all of that, we need to define that properly. Not in the realm of faith. Faith takes. Now, when you plant a seed in the ground, it takes a minute for it to germinate and then to come out and then form and produce a crop. Sometimes, because, you know, because I learned this from other giants in the faith that I follow, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, people like that, Sometimes it takes a minute for your faith to produce because it depends on how big your muscle is. I think my brother over here is stronger than me in terms of muscle. 
So maybe you can lift 50 pounds more than I do. But that doesn't mean I can't lift 50 pounds if I continue to train my muscle day in, day out. After a while, we come for a competition and I just blow you out of the water because I keep, I keep working at it. I keep working at it. How do you work at your faith? Every day you live by faith. Because that's prescription. The just shall live by faith. Every situation you are going through right now, approach it by faith. And say, Lord, you know what? I'm just going to believe you. Not because I don't have a choice. I want us to be very careful about that. Because sometimes you are backed into a corner. And you say, well, we have tried this. We have, like the story that was told. Uh, there was two or three guys. They went fishing. And then in the middle of the ocean, there was storm. And then the, there was a leak in the boat. And things were just not going well. They, were, they, they don't know how to swim. They, they lost their life jacket. They were in trouble, basically. So everybody started, you know, and they are Christian. They were like freaking out and panicking and said, guys, 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 I think it's time for us to do something spiritual. And then someone of them said, okay, let's, let's call for the offering. They said, no, that's not what we mean. <laughs> that's not the time to call for an offering. That's the time to pray and believe God. Amen. Amen. You know, I was just trying to do that to wake some of us that are <laughs> probably sleeping for a minute. Now, I'm going to run through this real quick. Caleb spoke faith. Every time you speak, you are speaking faith. Amen. Especially, now, it's not just everyday conversation. I need to clarify that. Because if I'm having a conversation, it's not necessarily speaking faith. But when I'm, when I'm speaking about that thing, whatever that thing is, every time you speak, you are speaking faith. And last week when I was speaking on, on faith because I said faith is like a ruby scoop. There are many uh, aspects to it. Faith is now. That will never change. When you get 200 years from now, you he read Hebrews 11.1, 1, it will say now faith is. A thousand years from now, now faith is. That will never change. We need to understand that because <laughs> if you don't, you keep kicking your miracle down the road. Yeah. Caleb spoke faith. Caleb quieted the people, Numbers 13, 30, and said, let us go up at once and take possession of it. Did Caleb have some strategy in the back pocket? Was it because he was a war hero? Was it because he was just a nut? If he had a death, a death wish or something like that? No, it's because God spoke. God spoke. Amen. And that settles it. Amen. God has spoken. Let the church say amen. amen. Let the church say amen. amen. God has spoken. So let the church say amen. God has spoken. So let the church say amen. God has spoken. Settles it. Settle it in your heart. Get together with the Holy Ghost and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I heard what that guy was saying today. I believe it. You have to sit down with the Word of God and with the Holy Ghost and say, okay, Holy Spirit, this is where we are, and I'm just going to believe you. I'm not moving from this. You know, because sometimes we, we believe God, and then we step, out, step away from it, and then we believe God we like a yo-yo. We are in and out. How many of us can bear witness? Ah, uh, yes. You have to 
be like a broken record. Stay there. Caleb and Joshua, they spoke their faith. They said, the men of the, the ten spies said, we are not able to go up against them. You have said in my hearing, and daughters of the living God. That's how it works. Because every time you say that you are not able, you are empowering the darkness, the kingdom of darkness. They say, she says she's not able. Let's go to work and make it good. But the moment you say you are able, you empower the holy angels of God to go to work on your behalf. They go to town. And they begin to make it work and they begin to bring it to your life. Now let's Leap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sundays is always very challenging for me because of time. But if you guys are not in a hurry, I want to read Nehemiah's 9. Nehemiah's 9 from verse 21. I've only scratched the surface. But I believe God is speaking what he needs to speak this morning. Nehemiah 9, 21 to 27. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness. This is speaking about the children of Israel. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. Moreover, you gave them kingdoms and nations. When you read that phrase, it sounds like they just sat down eating Kool-Aid, and God just dropped it on their lap. But let's keep reading. You gave them, <laughs> my brother is laughing, and he's making me laugh. <laughs> you gave them kingdoms and nations, and divided them into districts. So they took possession. Is that an active word? Yeah. They took possession. They didn't just sit down and wait for it. They went and took it. They took possession of the land of Sion, the, the, the land of the king of Eshbon, the land of Og, king of Bashan. And Og, by the way, was a giant. You also multiplied their children as the stars of heaven and brought them into the land which you had told their fathers to go in and do what? Possess. So the people went in and possessed the land. God provided it, but you have to go in and possess it. Amen. God has said you are going to be wealthy. That doesn't mean you sit at home and do nothing. <laughs> you go to work. In the place of doing and obeying the direction of the Holy Spirit, then you get into your wealthy place. Amen. God has said go and preach to the nations. You don't sit at home and say, okay, somebody's going to call me. Start something. Go and begin to do something and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and one day you will look back and you say, wow, look at, look at where I am. Amen? Amen? You act on what God has said. You believe it and you go out. You go and possess it. Let's keep going. You subdued nations before the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hands with their kings and the people of the land that they might do with them as they wished. And they took strong cities and rich land. They what? They took strong cities. They yaras. That's the, that's the Hebrew word there. It means they possessed it. They went and took it. Yes, God promised it, but they went and possessed it. Glory to God. And possessed houses full of goods 
cisterns already dug, vineyards, olive groves, fruit trees in abundance. So they ate and they were filled with and grew fat. Some people may not like that. And delighted himself in your greatness. Not just talking about being big physically, but you know what I mean. There's a song that we used to sing. I don't know uh, if you guys know it. God did not bring us out this far to take us back again. He brought us out to take us into the promised land. God did not bring us out this far to take us back again. He brought us out to take us to the promised land. Though there be giants in the land, we will not be afraid. He brought us out to take us into the promised land. What is the promised land of your life today? Is it healing? Is it breakthrough? Is it breakthrough in ministry? Breakthrough in your career? Breakthrough? God did not bring you out this far to take you back again. He brought you out to take you into the promised land. Though there be giants in the land, I will not be afraid. He brought me out to take me into the promised land. He brought you out to take you into the promised land. What is your promised land? You need to rise, my brothers and sisters, and take possession of that which God has promised you. You know, when we think about promise, promise, I was looking up the word promise earlier. Promise, according to dictionary definition, is a declaration of assurance that one will do a particular thing or a particular thing will happen. But when I look at promise, according to Hebrews 6.13, let's go there real quick. Uh, If I can borrow five more minutes to learn this thing. Hebrews 6.13, I think we are warming up already, so maybe it's just me. (laughs) Glory to God. Hebrews 6.13. How many of you have been blessed by this this morning? Yeah. Hebrews 6.13. Bible says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, because he is the greatest, he swore by himself, saying, Surely in blessing I will bless you, and multiply I will multiply you. When I looked up the root word, or the meaning of the word promise, it's to announce that one is about to do something. You know, when we think of promise, like my brother might say, yeah, I'm going to give you $200 at the end of the service. Nice. Bishop has faith. <laughs> now, I don't know the man. I don't know if he's able to deliver on $200. So the extent of my ability to latch onto faith will be dependent on my knowledge of him. I don't know. I, I think he's a great guy. He loves God because he's in church. But I don't know beyond that. I'm just conjecturing. So when somebody makes a promise, you have to look at their character. Not only that, their ability. Because somebody can make a promise that I'm going to give you $1,000. And when the time comes, they run short. They just don't have the money. They want to do it, but they can't do it. But when you look at Yeshua, when you look at our Papa, not only does he have the character to deliver on his promise, he has the ability. And that's why it hurts the heart of God. Because we read it. They rejected me. When you say, hmm, you're just talk. 
God, you are all talk. You can't do it. That's what you say when you say, God, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. If you are ever going to get me out of this. If you are ever going to deliver me from this sickness or disease. If you are ever going to bring to pass what you said. Now you got the written word of God and Rema. Rema that you received, either through a prophetic word, a dream, or some measure that God passed a message to you. You have to use faith for that as well. Amen? That's why many times prophetic words don't come to pass because we don't mix it with faith. Hebrews 4. The word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. Hebrews chapter 4. The word did not profit, it did not produce because they refused to mix faith with it. So you have to go and possess what God has given you. Faith possess what God has given. There's another song that I have to sing. It's a, it's a song you might know. Whose report would you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report would you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says, I am healed. His report says, I am filled. His re you can fill it in. I am blessed. His report says, victory. There are some in the house that you have been believing the report of the enemy. God is saying, my son, my daughter, come back. Come back. Look at my track record. Look at my integrity. Look at who I am. I am the great I am, the God that loves you and that will make it good. But sometimes, if you don't connect with the word of God by faith, then faith will get a bad rap. You know, that faith thing doesn't work. That faith thing doesn't work. But faith is the confidence. Hebrews 11. Now faith is a substance of the things that we hope for. The evidence, the proof of the things that I don't yet see. For by this same faith, the elders obtain a good testimony, a good report. What is going to be my report? What is going to be your report? As, as far as Bishop is concerned, I have made a decision. Because faith is a decision. That's another dimension of faith. It's a decision. I choose to believe God. I just flat out choose to believe God. No matter what is happening, I just flat out choose to believe God. I choose to just say, Lord, I stand and I believe what you have said. And I'm, I claim it as mine. And I receive it now. Not tomorrow, now. For now, faith is. Faith is always now. Amen? Now, the manifestation may take a minute, but faith is now. Faith is always now. I believe I'm healed from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. I believe I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when I go out, blessed when I come in. That's my confession. You have to keep your mouth with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Proverbs chapter 4, I believe. Keep your mouth with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. I've, sh I've shared with us that our mouth is not just for talking and for eating and drinking. It's actually one of the last steps of releasing your faith. Faith comes by hearing. It drops in through your hair gate into your spirit, man. You heard the word of God like you've heard this morning. Faith comes. It drops to your, into your spirit, and then you release it through. I'm actually working on a book that the Lord has been 
working with me about. And not only did I talk in the book about the physical anatomy, I also mentioned the spiritual anatomy and connected them because the Lord showed me the revelation of it. When you hear, <laughs> there's a connection between the physical man and the spirit man. And it drops there. And then you release it. Glory to God. Because that's how God operated. Amen. Just look at Genesis chapter 1. God said and God saw. So daughters and sons of God, what are you going to do today? Are you going to be in the Caleb and Joshua company? Or are you going to be with the ten spies? Glory to God. I have much more to say, but our time is gone. Let's, let's get up for a minute. Let's get up for a minute. Like we did on Tuesday, we are going to practice. You're going to activate your faith in areas where you have been speaking unbelief before. Repent of it. Say, Lord, I repent that I've not agreed with you, that I've rejected you. We read the scripture. I have rejected you by my words, by my action. Lord, I come back like the prodigal son of old, and I choose to believe your word. Lord, I decree and I declare that I believe that I'm healed from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. Even though the pain is still there in your body, declare the word of God. For that's what produces uh, the miracle. That's what mixes faith with the word and produces the miracle. So open your mouth and talk to God this morning. Open your mouth and talk to God this morning. If we can have some music playing in the background. Thank you, Daniel. Open your mouth and, and, and talk to God this morning. There are people that have seasonal uh, oppression in their body. Sometimes once a month, that affliction comes. And then we've kind of built our life around it. We've accepted it. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to take that medicine. I'm supposed to go to this therapy. And that's all well and good. But Christ has redeemed you from the curse of that sickness. Why do you want to keep that? You know, I, I've shared this before. I believe everybody likes me. As much as you like me, if I get the garbage in our house and I came to your house and, I, and I wel you welcome me, hey, Pastor Bishop, how are you doing? What's up? And then you open and I come in dragging the trash with me. You're going to say, ah, you got to leave that one outside. <laughs> that can come in. You can smell it. It's, why do you want to keep that garbage in your body? Jesus has paid for it. He has paid for it. Does that mean that, Pastor Bishop, you don't have something you are standing for? Yeah, you know I do. Maintain my faith, no matter what. I keep doing what I need to do in the natural, but I keep believing God. Amen. Keep believing God. Like the men and women of old. You know, Caleb and Joshua are in the Hebrews 11 Hall of Fame. The other ten spies not there. In fact, if you read the story, they died before the Lord that day. They died before the Lord that day. That's harsh. No. That's how serious faith is. It's a matter of life and death. For life and death, they are in the power of your tongue. What are you saying, my son? What are you saying, my daughter? Yes, in church, you lift up holy hands. 
Yes, in church, you know how to be slain in the spirit, how to do all the churchy stuff. But when you are by yourself, I hear what you say. Say, the spirit of the living God. I hear your words, and your words have been against me and against your purposes. Turn, turn, turn now and begin to speak like a warrior. And begin to speak in the midst of the battle. And begin to declare, thus saith the Lord. And begin to prophesy what I've said. Oh, it delights my heart. It puts your angels to work. And things begin to move in the realm of the spirit. Align yourself. Align your words. Oh, I tell you, you may have to, you may have to get a three by five. And write it down. Because we are creation of habit. How many of us have driven from some place to another place and found, how did I get here? It happened to me. I was coming to church. Oh, sorry, I was going to work. And then I ended up driving to church. I was on autopilot. Our confession, I want us to pay attention to this. Our confession is on autopilot. You have to pay attention to what you are saying. Pay attention to what you are saying. In the next 24, 48 hours, listen to yourself. Especially in the area of the place where you are believing God for. If it's not in alignment, it's okay. Don't be condemned. You know, we did uh, in chemistry and biology in high school, we did a uh, blue litmus test to figure out if it's an acid or a base. Well, if your confession is rotten, that's the first step. Okay, that's not good. Then change it. Just ch That's what repentance is. Repentance is you are going north and God says north is wrong, go south. Then you turn and go south. Yeah. And the moment you turn, things begin to turn. Because you are, now you are in alignment. But I want us to see from this story that this is not just an option for a child of God. The way God sees it is a big deal. You have rejected me. So I want you, when you get home today, you are going to get a homework. Numbers 13 and 14. Please go and read it again. Read it meditatively with the Holy Spirit. And let him minister more to you. Because I wasn't able to get as far as I want. But I believe the Lord has delivered what he wants us to, to, to do today. So I'm going to pray. Father, I just thank you this morning. Because your word is true. Every one of us, we are in this journey of faith together. And the Bible says the just shall live by his faith. So, Father, in agreement, I stand with my brother, with my sister, everyone under the sound of my voice, those who are watching from home. I stand with you right now because one of the provisions in the word of God says, if two of you shall agree as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. So, I join my faith in agreement with them. I command that miracle to come alive in the name of Jesus. That breakthrough is yours in the name of Jesus. And we receive it now. And Lord, we just want to thank you. We just want to thank you. So somebody lift your hand and just praise God right now. Lord, just praise God right now. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We give you praise. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. Lord, we honor you. We give you praise. Lord, I'm expecting, oh God, there are testimonies that will follow miracles and healings and deliverances that will follow and more than that oh lord men and women back on track 
standing for you, standing in the midst of the storm, standing knowing that you are the one that is in there with them, the fourth man in the midst of the fire. Oof, glory to God. Father, we just thank you. Father, we just thank you. In Jesus' mighty name.